Hey there, and welcome to What Happens Next with Ben and Philip. I'm Ben. And I'm Philip. Mate, tell me what's been on your mind this week. What must happen next? It just occurred to me tonight, last couple of weeks you've picked me up from work on the evening that we record this podcast, and tonight we're stuck behind a large SUV, European brand perhaps, the number plate read G-Human. It occurred to me that the same thing happened last week when you picked me up and we were stuck behind a similar European model car with the number plate Mr. Love. And <laughs> <laughs> I recall we, we had a bit of a chuckle at Mr. Love last week and then when I saw G-Human this week, I just thought, what is it with these douches driving these big cars with these ridiculous personalised number plates? And it occurred to me, is this just vanity gone mad or is this people with too much money that don't know what to do with it? Or is it the next sort of logical form of self-expression? What do you think? I think the personalised number plate, the personalised licence plate is somewhere in the vicinity of a tattoo. So I think it's all about staking a claim that you're trying to make yourself unique and promote it to the world. For some reason, that's really important to you to try and make a claim on something as boring as a car and personalise it beyond mag wheels or beyond a unique paint job or whatever. You need to try and search for something else to try and express your personality and the number plate is the only thing remaining on the vehicle that you can do to do that. But you don't have the balls or the gumption to go for a tattoo. It's like a pre-tattoo way of my car is my castle, expressing your, quote, individuality, unquote. Yeah, I think that you've spent a little bit of money on a car and you're quite happy with the car that you've got and you want to announce to the world that I'm pretty happy with this car and, by the way, this car is my car. And it's like, do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's almost like a guy who's dating a hot chick and he's a bit defensive and protective of the hot chick because he might be punching a little bit above his weight. He's always got his arm around the girl's shoulder or, you know. That's a perfect metaphor. Yeah, yeah. What it is, it's basically saying, I like this car, I like this Beamer, I like this Merc. I don't feel the need to try and add mags to it or lower it or anything like that. I'm happy with the drive off the uh, car yard, look at the car as it is. I don't want to personalise this car any more than it already is from the factory, but I need to try and increase its exclusivity even more than it currently is. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right about the ownership thing. It's like saying, look, you've seen a BMW, you've seen an Audi TT today, but you haven't seen my Audi TT. You haven't seen Mr. Love's Audi TT or- Wasn't he Dr. Love? Or Dr. Love, was it? Yeah, Yeah. because when I see these number plates, the first thing I think is, what the hell do they mean? Yeah. Because it requires the translation skills of hieroglyphics. First of all, to try and yes. work out often, often it's a play on words or it's a play on the model of the car or something like that. Or the personality of the driver or their career. So Dr. Love, for example, I'm speculating that Dr. Love is a plastic surgeon and does like breast implants or plastic surgery on the face. Yeah. I don't think he's a matchmaker relationship counsellor. Yeah, yeah. It's um, not Yvonne Allen and his He might be a banker who kind of, backs himself as a bit of a player. Maybe he was one of the creators of Tinder. I reckon that guy would have a number play saying Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> That's six yeah. letters, right? Yeah. <laughs> when I was in high school, a lot of my schoolmates and um, one of our regular listeners will appreciate this anyway, they would spend a lot of time in class coming up with 
play on word number plates for certain models of car that either they owned or they wished to own as a sort of a doer-upper, like a Tirana or a or a hotted up sort of Mazda RX-3 or something. Six number letter combinations that were like the perfect sort of subtle and only like the particular car enthusiast who went to Summonats would understand the reference. I'm imagining someone drawing, like scribbling in a blue pen on lined paper at the back of an exercise book doing ACDC in the corner, yeah. and maybe the Metallica logo with that special M, yeah. and then turn their mind to a series of permutations and combinations yeah. with that perfect sort of really clever <laughs> play on <laughs> letters and numbers. The sad part would be that if you did that in 2018, you'd enter those details into a database and immediately it'd go... Taken, taken, yeah, yeah. taken. But you, back then, there was this smug sense. Well, you'd of, open up. This the, is genius. You'd open up the fabulous publication Fast Fours and Rotaries, which used to get read a lot at my school, which I think means fast four cylinder cars and fast rotary engine cars for those playing at home. Um, no play on words there. No. And you would see a lot of similarly very clever play on word style, um, subtle number plates on those hotted up Mazdas and Tiranas. See, I'd say 20 years later, like back then, for example, with your mate 20, 30 years ago, before the era of text messages where people didn't actually have their brains calibrated to amend, abbreviate in the same way, you'd have to be actually yeah. quite smart and quite ahead of the curve to try and get those puns or how you'd use the word eight in the word hate or whatever it might be. Yeah. But now we're so educated through the generations of Nokias and iPhones to abbreviate. I think our brains are better wired to both think up those abbreviations and also to interpret them on the roads because I used to pass those cars on the freeway when I was my teens. I could stare at a car on a highway for about half an hour. Let's not work out what that weird combination of letters and numbers meant at all. Whereas now- I think my brain's been rewired in this era of texting that yes. possibly I could. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember seeing a car that had IXLR82. I was like, what does that mean? But then after, you know, like an hour and a half sitting behind on the freeway, we go, oh, IXLR82. But yeah, I agree. Like the abbreviations, the emojis, the, you know, the short way of talking, you know, we communicate quite a bit. You know, um, uh, I always pronounce GIF, apparently the inventor you. of the GIF has actually come out and said multiple times that's pronounced GIF, but 95% of the world pronounce it GIF. So if you pronounce it correctly, everyone perceives that you're mispronouncing it, which is funny. But back to what you were saying before, if Darwin was the person who theorised that humans evolved from monkeys, I actually think it was Avril Levine who was the founder of true acronyms and abbreviations. Oh. She of skater boy who brought the combination of letters and numbers yeah. into the popular mainstream consciousness it's almost like the perfect password for your internet banking like this skater boy yeah it's like when they always say you know it has to be a combination of numbers and letters it's like you know that's what exactly she, that's what she was thinking see what's that it was s k eight b o i but no it was s k eight t e r skate uh, B-O-I, yeah. I mean, yeah. why why spell it B-O-I, not B-O-Y? Yeah, you've already got three letters there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's no economies there. There's a great episode of Seinfeld where they pass this car. I think Kramer spots the car and it has the six letters, Arseman, A-S-S-M-A-N. <laughs> and in the episode, they're theorising whether the guy's a proctologist yeah. or a guy who really appreciates a nice <laughs> rump. 
which I just love yeah. because- I'm a booty guy. Yeah. You can imagine like either egotistical person yeah. thinking the same thing. Yeah. Which brings me back to abbreviations and number plates, personalized number plates. Yeah. What's your theory as to why people do it instead of something else? Do you think it's just that car is their castle and they think that's the best way to express themselves above and beyond the purchase of that vehicle to make it unique? Yeah. I think generally, I think there's two types. One is- the less less controversial virgin version virgin that's a good name for a movie. The less controversial virgin. And it's a great name for an independent band. Yeah, controversial virgin. Yeah. So you get your initials and the year of your birth, which is a you know it's a nice sort of twenty first present. Mum and dad, thanks for the new new Ford Laser. Oh, it's perfect. It's like yeah. two letters and four numbers. Yeah. which in Australia is six. Digits slash yeah. numerals. And so that's a nice touch. That's it's a nice gift for someone. And if you got given that, you would probably use it. And once you put it on, you, you probably don't think twice about it. When you see it on the road, you think, okay, B-E-N-1-2-3, that's Ben's car. And he was born in 923. Gee, he's doing pretty well for that. But yeah, then there is the version of we were talking about before with Dr. Love, G-Human. You're making a statement about something, but and you want the world to know that you're making a statement or you're publicizing your proctology business with Ask Man or you are the profile because you're Mr. Love or Dr. Love or whatever. Well, let's just go there. If you're to characterize the types of number plates there are, you described the one which is a celebration of life or identity, like a milestone, like a 21st present, right? Yeah. yeah. Then there's the one which is perhaps describing in a bragging way your personality trait, yeah. which Dr. Love could be. Or, or, if or a career, or if Dr. Could, Love could also be. Like a, a, a fast collectible car, like we were saying before. It's the, you know. HSV Holden. It says, it says HSV. 666. Or, yeah, too quick for you, HSV, or something stupid like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, what other versions do we have? What are the characterizations? Then, then I think that is a status one as well. But then the ultimate status one is, I'm not sure what it's like in other parts of the world, but here you can get the plain black old school NSW plate with white lettering and you can just get like one number. Oh, so ideally if you like number one. Or you could get three or 69 or right. 323 or. Well, if you like some number three, the point you're making is you're pretty high up in the pecking order. Like you're the third most important person yeah, with or license plates. It's almost like the less you have on it, the more expensive it is. So some of those plates will trade for a quarter of a million dollars. It's weird. Like you see them on a Porsche and it's like your number plate costs more than your car. And it's crazy, right? Like That's bizarre. But, I, but, that, but that is the ultimate status thing. It's like you want the world to know that you've got so much money that you either that or you want the world to know you've got this cool plate and you've got the perfect combination and I love planes so 747 is the ultimate number plate for me or something. That's one thing and there's a car that lives near me that's got 747. The other thing is yeah, you want the world to know I can afford to spend $300,000 on my plate Um, that's how wealthy I am. It's like the ultimate. Do you know what I mean? It's basically paying less for more. More for less. Yeah. It's like, I've got so much money, I can spend $300,000 on something that I can just get for free in a different form. It's crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it is bizarre. I find it particularly odd when people take a number plate of a particular car brand. So, in Australia, a particular yeah. car like the Ford or the HSV Holden. Yeah. 
and they get HSV or if they couldn't quite afford a HSV one on a Holden HSV. What I don't get about that is you already have the car. Yep. It's already got a badge Are on you it. just trying to make it like 5% extra Holden? You're reinforcing the message. I think so. I think yeah. the point is saying not only is this the best Holden HSV, it's like an extra sprinkle of 10% Holden HSV. But where it totally fucks up is when you see that number plate on a seven-year-old Holden HSV, which yeah. I've seen before. It's yeah. like- Okay, so you've got like a seven-year-old car with a number plate, which is probably, as you say, more expensive than the car. Yeah, yeah. That number plate should be sitting on the latest model and the the top-of-the-line model as well. This isn't the exact story, but I remember a mate of mine was reading the paper and they advertised those expensive number plates in the the back of the paper after the car ads finish. And it was something like Bob626. And the ad said, is your name Bob? Do you drive a Mazda 626? <laughs> Make me an offer. <laughs> I, was, I was like, like the chances of getting someone called Bob who drives a 626 and wants to buy your crappy number plate for $50,000 are, uh, are pretty large. There are two things which are particularly funny there. A, yep. just the name Bob makes me laugh anyway. Yeah. And in 2018, there are less Bobs in this world. You're either a Rob or a Robert yep. or a Robbie. You're not a Bob. But you've got to have a three-letter name to get on, on a number plate. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. I think it's funny as well when people have personalised number plates for cars that are undeserving of that. So, I've seen RAV4. Yeah. yeah. RAV4, the Toyota Softroader SUV RAV4. Yeah. There is no RAV4, even the hottest up RAV4, top of the line. Particularly unsexy car. That deserves its own number plate. It's no E-type jack. So, what other types of personalized number plates are there when we describe personality traits you'd almost do a separate category which is sexual traits like something something 69 or like love 69 or me for you well is this a bit like when people try to name racehorses sort of with sexual innuendo names that eventually the racing authorities cotton on and they they say you can't call your horse that. I wonder if the people at the RTA are similarly um, suspicious of these kind of numbers. Yeah, it's number a good plates. point because there are certain names in certain countries that you can't name your kids. So in some countries, you can't name your kids Muhammad or Jesus. Or Adolf. And another, or Adolf. In other countries, it's actually actively encouraged, like in Mexico, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's very common. There was actually a kid, did you see this kid recently in the news a while ago who was getting onto a plane with her parent? Yeah. And was called Absidy, allegedly, but was spelt A B C D E. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. I would have put a call in the Department of Community Services. Yeah, exactly. You can't complain that someone laughed that name and arrogantly professed that no, 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 it's pronounced Absidy when it's spelt A B C D E. Everyone in that room knew what they were getting into when they named that kid that. Any other examples or genres of how you'd name your car? We've discussed sexual traits, general personality traits, professions, models well, of car, yeah. then there's just general whole, minimalism. But then there's that whole category of my car's faster than your car or my car's a V8 and I will burn you off the lights. There's a whole subgenre of number plates basically challenging people to drag them down the street. So basically they're which is the descriptions two, of the car's traits. Which is like the I'm too quick for you or I accelerate too. There's that whole sort of subgenre of like car freaks. Yeah, they're basically like those mud guards that you often see on, say, a Toyota Land Cruiser or a big sort of bulky ute, which has that guy 
Uncle Sam, the cartoon character, yeah. saying back Yosem- off. Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Just a slight segue. Yeah. This podcast should be named Return of the Segway. Like Return of the I Mac. think it's Yosemite Sam, not- I don't know. Something like that, yeah. I think it's Yosemite yeah. Sam. The guy with the big orange beard, orange yeah, moustache, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, very from, short. He's from the Yosemite National Park. And he's always trying to shoot Bugs Bunny in the Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah. And he's there on these uh, mudguards with a gun in each hand and it says, back off. What yeah. the fuck does that mean? Like, like what crazy, are you saying? He's like, like a crazy redneck. You're saying just please slow down and stop your vehicle further back than you ordinarily would at traffic lights to give me space because I've got a big dick. Don't what? get me started on the baby on board stickers. Ah. Don't know. Ah. Benny, don't get me started. <laughs> I will. Oh, I've warned you. I won't get you started on the baby on board stickers if you don't get me started on the stickers of entire families, which oh. have like these- I'm pretty sure we've done a podcast on this already, haven't we? I feel we have. I got given those for Christmas one year. No. Because I'd made a point of saying how much I hate it. Oh, so it was a hate gift. <laughs> yeah. For the listeners who aren't aware of what these are, I'm not sure if they exist around the world, but in Australia, one can buy these stickers, which you can kind of buy separately. And essentially what they are are little white stick figure outlines of various children, grown men, women, pets, where basically you choose a combination to represent your family and you stick those on the back windscreen yeah, of your I car. Mean, I never thought And there this. is no meaning behind it at all other than to signal to the driver behind you. You, then your family, you have a dog, a cat, two kids, and, but, and, and, and a the, and father the, and a mother. And the wife, or was, some the wife looks good in a bikini. The dad likes barbecuing and weightlifting. One kid has glasses. The other kid likes cricket. And yeah. It's basically the sticker version of the personalized number plate. Yeah. Isn't it? It's also a, a whole, if you look at it, it's, it's a whole extension of this look at me, look at me world where people have public social media profiles and everything's open and everyone's just like they'll put their number plate on their car with their date of birth on it. They'll tell people on their open social media when they're going on holidays. They'll put photos of their house on social media. So, you know, it doesn't take the smartest criminal in the world to work out, oh, they're not home right now. I'll go and rob them, you know. You know what? We should actually sponsor a struggling PhD aspiring student to do some sort of research on whether there is some correlation between number plates and any vanity stickers on a car or anything like that correlating with a rise in the acceptability of sharing your information to the world. Basically, the devolution of privacy relating to the promotion or advertisement of the private. I know this is a segue, but- This podcast is built on segues. I'm reminded of Premier League soccer players who are quite often publicising their holiday to Ibiza or something or the Bahamas or somewhere on social media and then their big estate outside Manchester gets broken into and quarter million dollars worth of jewellery gets stolen while they're holidaying in the Bahamas. It's like, well, you did basically tell everyone that's where you are right now and if they know that's Gary Neville's place up there, he's in the Bahamas, let's go and jump the fence, you know. That's my worst sort of geezer accent, but anyway. Oh, that was a sensational geezer accent. That should actually be made more public. I should have less tri- private. I should have tried to. Um, I should have really gone for it. Swung for the fences, and <laughs> I should have gone. I should have gone full geezer on that one. I actually have a confession to make. I actually have a personalised number plate. Really? Yep. So what happened is my grandfather shares the same initials as me. 
Oh, I think I did know this. Yeah, I think we might have podcasted about this already. Long story short, in case we've previously discussed. Look, look we can check through the archives. I was previously listened to on what happens next with Ben and Philip. I mean, our dear listeners at home are probably all on their way to work in a couple of days' time are probably listening to this. I remember this distinctly because it was such a great yarn. Great yarn. From Series 1, Episode 6. The I'll tell it in abbreviated form using the same abbreviations as a number plate. Long story short, my grandfather had the same initials as me. He died. The number plate was then passed to Sorry. my uncle. So he did have a personalised plate? He did. Now, to be fair, it wasn't any more unique than sharing the same first two initials followed by four random numbers. And probably in those days, there wasn't much competition for them and he probably could have actually got that number plate quite easily. He probably could have walked in and just chosen it. It was a big deal for my extended family who were kind of working class to be able to add a bit of personality and pride to their vehicle. Actually, you know what? That's a good point, actually. If you don't have an opportunity to express ownership or a sense of individualism in the world because I know you might be oppressed through your socioeconomic situation, your job or whatever, a number plate could be an opportunity to basically yell from the treetops you're an individual and you matter. I'm not taking the piss. I'm quite serious. So yeah. my working class grandfather could have thought, you know what? My car more special makes me feel more proud of who I am. Yeah. Yep. So he passed away and went to my uncle and my uncle said, I'll hold on to this for you. I'll put it in my car, but I won't give it back to the um, relevant department. I'll maintain it for you until you become licensed to drive. This is what which, he said to you? Yeah, which should have been about, at the time, would have been 12 years. Long story short, up until recently, I never actually had a car licensed in my name because it was always licensed in my beloved's name. So basically, then my uncle died. <laughs> and so it was passed on to my other uncle, who has it now. And theoretically, I could try and claim it back. Does his name begin with B? But then I don't want to claim it back, no, because I'm so embarrassed to have a personalised number plate. Mate, don't let this podcast stop you. Oh, no, it already has. This is actually therapy for me. Shout out from the rooftops, as you said. I mean, yeah. you're a proud owner of a beautiful vehicle. You should you should tell the world that it's yours. No, I, I, it's their shame. They're a shame. So what I love is if I want to drive along, I actually don't want to be recognised by my number plate. I don't want to be recognised by my stickers on the back or the baby on board sticker or the mud flaps that say back off. I prefer the anonymous experience where I get in a car Essentially, it's like those black Secret Service cars or FBI cars in the US. I'm anonymous. I go about my own business. What are you? And anonymous. Miss? Anonymous. Yeah. So that's why. But look, I don't know. Maybe it's the rise of people wanting to try and personalize all aspects of their life. Tattoos. Tattoos. I, I was thinking tattoos is probably the next logical thing. It's like, is the number plate what's stopping you from getting I accelerate to or the equivalent of that in a tattoo or, you know, your name and date of birth? I mean, plenty of people have their surname tattooed across their shoulder blades in large letters or their date of birth or a southern cross, which denotes that you live in the southern hemisphere or you know, all these peculiar ways of sort of identifying your heritage, in inverted commas? Or- Look, my cousin has his surname in big stenciling across his entire shoulder blades. What's his surname? I can't say. Oh, of course I'll give you a clue. South of Phelps. Oh, okay. And Hey, Cuz. I don't quite understand it because I'm not sure what the point is because his name is Phelps. He knows his name is Phelps. Anyone who knows him knows his name is Phelps. 
I'm not sure what the point is. Is it just basically rubbing in to say, in case you didn't know or in case you do know? To I be think clear, it's just like, I'm so effing proud who I am and where I've come from. Or so insecure. And, and I'll effing love my effing family. Is it a bit of that or is it more sort of- Yeah, it's probably like, what's the- It's sort of like aggressive. It's or, like nationalism or parochialism, but yeah. at a family level. Yeah. So, what do you call that? It's yeah. familyism. Familyism. It's by saying, I am so loyal and so proud of my roots, my family, my blood, that I'm aware that like- the Scots wear tartan. Yeah. I wonder if Scottish people actually get their tartan tattooed on them. Ah, oh, how good would that be? Imagine having tartan tattooed in colour yeah. across your back. And you go, oh, there goes one of the Mackenzie clan. Or imagine getting, say, your upper thighs and your testicles and your penis tartan, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to. Rather wear. I'm trying to imagine that. Rather wear the kilt, right? This is what happens next. If you're Scottish- Oh, the next extension of the kilt yeah. is just a full-body tartan tat. It's a tartan tat it's that goes kilt, across it's your- It's a kilt tat. It's a kilt tat, right? With so the sporran. So, you get it across your mid-thigh and the back of your legs, across your testes and your balls. Hang on, that's where your sporran goes. What's that? That's that, that yeah. That's that hairy, hairy bag that hangs down. That's what she is said. That, <laughs> is that called the sporran? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's like a little- um, I mean, I apologise to the members of our audience listening in Scotland, of which there are many, I'm It's sure. like basically like a Jack Russell's face, isn't it? It's that little white thing. It's just a big that's flat- it's, it's like a flat, hairy bag. It's like a bum bag purse thing. So, that thing could sit at the front over the top like a little flap. Yeah, it's a flap. Dangling from a belt. But you actually tartan your entire family tartan across your thighs. That's pretty- I mean, that's tight. Well, given that you're actually going nude underneath a kilt anyway. That's pretty proud. I mean, that's pretty like I'm out there. Like, I, I love, think it's genius. I love this tartan. Yeah. This is my heritage. Yeah. And you can at least trace that back, you know, generations. Yeah, totally. Decades, if not centuries. Yeah, that that, that is- I mean, the clans, of, you know, the clans of Scotland have been, I don't know. I, I suppose if you're years. a bit nervous, Nelly- At least a thousand years, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, look, I've only seen Braveheart three times, so I can't give all the information, but something like that. Yeah, and obviously, if you go the full William Wallace look, you'd get the blue on the face, but that's, you know. Yeah. So, I guess what's the uh, in-between? What happens next if you can't commit to tattoos and you're a bit embarrassed by the public profile of the number plate? How do you identify yourself in other ways? Just get a hot girlfriend and hold on tight. Yeah, I suppose. I guess that's one solution. You'd always, um, I guess, is always the monogramming. Oh, yeah. That's become That has become quite, quite the rage, hasn't it? Yeah. I have seen people who will have their initials on their phone case, briefcase, wallet, purse, uh, laptop bag, overnight bag, travel luggage. So, what's uh, the psychology even, even like of the a, monogram? Even down like to like a leather-backed notebook or notepad, you can just, I mean, it's just- Again, it's that whole sort of, this is mine, this is me. So, when you say monogram, you're referring to initials, are you? Yeah. Okay. So, is the point to personalise something that's important to you, but to sort of add essentially that 10% extra sprinkle to make it unique? Is that for you or to promote to the world? Promoting to the world- in a way, I think. It's not from like a safety point of view, like you would put a name tag on a kid's lunchbox. <laughs> I don't think, you know, because 
If you find this five thousand dollar piece of luggage, please return to 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 someone whose initials are BP. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that. I think it's more. I think it's just an extension of the number plate. I really do. It's more like this is my phone. This is my computer. I have a laptop. I keep it in this laptop bag. I have an iMac. I keep it in this iMac bag or or MacBook, whatever they're called. I'll keep it in a MacBook bag. So it's like the business model that Apple has actually of engraving your iPhone or your iPad or your Apple Watch. Do they do that? Yeah, they do. It's uh, a service. There you go. That's so what basically it, that's what it's it saying, look, everyone's got an iPhone, everyone's got an iPad, but pay a bit extra and you actually have it sent to your house with regular delivery when you buy it and they'll engrave it for you. I remember reading or hearing somewhere about a lot of these government websites and, and sort of service centres now are called the number plate, for example, for the state government. You can go and register your car or update your licence details. It's called MyGov mygov.com.au or it's like my health myhealth.com.au and it's like it's all about me it's not health it's not everyone's health where you go and register your own health details it's my health it's my gov or my car and i think the personalizing of of your your luggage and your phone case and your i don't know it's just like a weird sort of mentality in a way i mean i, I think at one level it's totally innocent and i'm reading way too much into it and What's the big deal? But I also think there's a little bit of it that is that sort of mentality. I think you're real under something right now. And I think I haven't had a chance to think about it in great detail, but off the top of my head, I reckon there must be something to do with the evolution of the iMac back in 1998, I think it was, because iMac was a play initially on internet, right? So we're saying... This is the first personal computer which you can get internet. So the I stood for internet. Now, that was kind of in conflict with the fact that internet's pronounced E and I is pronounced I. But I'm pretty sure that led the whole evolution to my device, iPod, iPhone. It's so ubiquitous now, there's actually an abbreviation, which is just iDevice, which means basically any Apple sexy device that has the same aesthetic style and people feel a sense of attachment to, right? Because um, people actually it, feel it the is phone. It's branding, really. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And people actually feel their iPhone is connected to them because it's their source of their romance, Tinder, music, Apple Music, messages, social media, email, entertainment, is essentially the curated version of their life. Mm -hmm. If you take someone's phone, you could pretty much extrapolate from all data on that phone who the I of the iPhone of that person is. Yep. And people get anxious. They lose their iPhone. I would say more people get would get anxious about losing their iPhone than their wallet. Totally. Because you can replace a dumb credit card easily enough. You can replace two credit cards and a license, which is probably what all most people carry in their wallet. Yeah. Although a lot of people still have the big fat wallet with all the- But you can't replace like your photographs and all the inconvenience of, you know, your logons and stuff. Yeah. So I think you're onto something there. I think when this era of- it's all about me. It's about social media. It's about look at me, look at me, look at me. And I don't think it's conscious, but I think subconsciously, like 
for example, our Australian government has wised up to that by saying, my health, my yeah. personal account, yeah. my tax. This is a chance for you to take ownership of your life and yeah. control your destiny and yeah. pro- you know, prove to the world who you are and show the world that this is your car and your phone and your laptop bag and all that sort of stuff. Whereas beforehand, I think if you went back, say, 20, 30 years, it would have been egotistical to have brands or accounts about my. Actually, funnily enough, Apple's personalized email accounts are something, something, something like Johnny Appleseed at iCloud.com. But when Apple first introduced that back in the early 2000s, it was .me. No, at me.com. At me.com. Uh, right. So, for example, my early Apple account is they went, first of all, they went Johnny Appleseed at Mac.com. But then very early on, it went Johnny Appleseed at me.com. And now it's become Johnny Appleseed at iCloud.com. But the fact that they had at me says a lot. iCloud. Yeah. iCloud is the current one. But for example, with most people's iPhone accounts now, if you have an Apple account, then at me.com and at iCloud.com are interchangeable. But the fact that they actually had at me.com yeah. speaks that whole idea of me, me, me. Yeah. I think there's something in all that. Yeah. All right, mate. I feel that we've decided that the world is narcissistic and essentially can't be saved. Probably just a bit. And we're all going to hell in a handbasket. But, well, but at least the handbasket will have our initials monogrammed. So, to it. put a bow on this bad boy, what happens next in relation to this era of me, 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 me? and personalised whatever. Do we swing back to the opposite of that, to the anonymous in the future, or do we continue this trend where basically it's all about trying to express your individuality in whatever possible means that we have available to us in the short to medium-term future? Yeah. It's going to still be more of the same of expressing your individuality but within the confines of what is acceptable being it's acceptable to put your surname across your back it's acceptable to have a southern cross tattoo it's acceptable to have your date of birth and your initials on your car number plate but i couldn't put your surname across my back because that would be weird yeah and my surname (laughs) is not as cool as yours so you know in australia if you add y or ie like phelpsy to anything yeah it's automatically cool yeah so all right are you off to the Illustrated Man down at Surrey Hills to get Phelpsy? I get Phelpsy with a bit of a swirl and maybe a full, authentic, monochrome portrait photograph of my grandmother on the back as well, wearing angel wings. Beautiful. And obviously you'll talk to him about the tartan across the groin as well. Yeah, I don't think I've got any Scottish background, but I'm sure if I just could find something and claim it as my own. You can fudge that. Yeah. I'm middle-class white males. I'd be interested to see what- Basically- <laughs> Reappropriating something as their own. I would be interested capacity. to see what the tattoo artist said when you said, I want to get my tartan <laughs> between my hip and my upper knee, front and back, with a magical sort of sporran action down the front. I mean, what would that entail? The question would be, would he or she ask, are you sure? Or would yeah. he or she say, what colours? <laughs> yeah, this is going to take a while. How much money have you got? Do you want to do the head of your penis as well? Because... <laughs> That's, and do you want green as well or blue? 
That's a lot of engraving. I thought we agreed on the on the flap. We'll just cover that bit. On the what? Anyway. That's for next week. Next week we do... It's getting messy. What happens next? The ultimate tattoo. All right. Sounds good, my friend. You can find me. I'm Ben Phelps on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. And until next time, mate, peace out. See you, mate. Bye.